Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Actually, you, now, you're actually, right? I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me on Chad. You know, yeah, I got to something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Yes, sir. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy that, stuff. That, that. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad Thursday, October 22nd, 2015. Well, this is week seven of the NFL season, week eight, college football season. This thing's flying along. We're eight weeks into the college football season. That is absolutely amazing. And uh, we still can't agree on who is the top football team in the nation. We don't have a clear-cut team right now. We know Ohio State was gifted that coming into this season, and why not? They were the champs last year, bringing back a ton of talent this year. No one's enamored with the way in which they have played so far this season. So that opens things up for debate. And uh, I've heard everyone in that spot, Baylor, LSU, Alabama with one loss. No one's saying Florida State, though. So maybe we'll bring that topic up with one of my guests today, as he's always Uh, A member of this show on a Thursday, and that's Bud Elliott. He's going to join me at the top of the next hour from Tomahawk Nation. We'll talk Florida State, where they're ranked, why Florida State fans aren't happy with that. We'll talk about why Florida State fans also think Dalvin Cook should be the Heisman Trophy winner this year. I did call Florida State fans crybabies. I did that. Called them that on Monday, I think. So, um, didn't win over any Florida State fans this week, but good grief, man. Every week, they're crying about something. Crying about the penalties, crying about where they're ranked, crying about why their guy should be the Heisman Trophy candidate, it sounds like, last year. Man, you guys are winning. Be happy with that. I mean, that just gets to be annoying, listening to that stuff every damn week. Win games, be happy about it. Do I have to play the Bobby McFerrin song? Don't worry, be happy? I mean, come on. Nevertheless, 
the crying continues and it will continue. I think we can all agree uh, Florida State fans are among the most annoying in social media. And that is, uh, you know, I, I feel free saying that because, you know, teams that win a lot and Florida State has won a lot in recent history tend to be highly annoying. And uh, Florida State takes no back seat in that category. They are annoying. And so uh, we'll talk about some matters with uh, Bud Elliott, who, again, joins me in the top of the next hour. Also going to have Nick Delatorio on from GatorCountry.com. Florida needs a kicker, and they invited everyone to come out and kick. We'll talk about how many thousands of people came out there to kick and uh, get a report on that and also talk about the Georgia game. No game for Florida this week, so we don't have an immediate opponent to talk about, but down the road next weekend, it is the biggest cocktail party in the world, Florida versus Georgia, and there's a lot on the line in this game. Pretty much the SEC East on the line in this game this year between Florida and Georgia, and you'd have it no other way if you're a fan of either one of these two teams. And so we'll talk about that and some other things with Nick Delatore, who joins me at the bottom of this hour. But what's on tap right now? What, what's what's going on in our league? And by that, I mean the NFL. We're sending two more teams over to London. Why do we need two games in London? Are we seriously trying to – what are we trying to do there in London? What are we trying to do in Europe? Are, are we going to try and have European teams out there? Are we going to try to have a real world championship? Are we serious with that, NFL? And look at the game you have out there. Buffalo and Jacksonville. Why is Jacksonville going out there again? Why? Why is that the franchise that you're sending out there? You're trying to spread this game. You want to spread some good football, man. That's not Jacksonville. What are you doing that for? Who's flying out of their bed early Sunday morning because they have to see the Bills play the Jaguars? Who's doing that? If you're on the West Coast, this is a 6.30 football game for you. Are you setting some type of an alarm to see the Bills play the Jaguars? What do we think the attendance is going to be there in Wembley Stadium for the Bills versus the Jaguars? I'm not geeked up to watch Buffalo play Jacksonville. I'm sorry. Just not. I don't know, there's no game, really, this week in the NFL that I is must-watch. Jets and the Patriots, I mean, the Pats are big favorites in this contest. Oakland and San Diego, that was a great game in the 80s. Oakland's trying to climb themselves back up. San Diego's trying to stop from slipping even further. Cowboys and the Giants, who's playing for the Cowboys? Do they have any healthy players? And the Giants have been a mystery all season long. Are they just waiting for Thanksgiving to start playing ball, or what's their deal? You got Tampa Bay playing Washington. Might be windy out there. Watch out, Kirk Cousins. Be careful, windy. His head coach has made a a ton of headlines this week. Making excuses for the guy and all the RG3 backers out there. 
not too happy about it. Wanting to know where all those excuses were for RG3. And, man, I mean, damn, he, he had some, right? I mean, the guy tore his ACL and tore it again. Not to mention, I don't know, he's given, been given much support from the play callers when he was in there. I mean, if anyone has excuses on the entire Washington Redskins football team, it's that guy. But, nope, doesn't get that benefit of the doubt. It is uh, being given to Kirk Cousins. So, I don't know. If uh, Jay Gruden wants to attach himself to the hip of this guy, um, he could see himself out the door with Kirk Cousins. The guy just needs to play better. That's just the long and short of it. Man needs to play better football. And the Washington Redskins have to get out of the doldrums. Have to, must. I mean, you've been down in the cellar, been a cellar dweller for too long. Yeah, they had that one year, RG3's initial year, they got to the playoffs. But, man, that's been it for them for probably a decade here. I haven't researched it, but they've sucked for a while. In Oakland Raiders status. Right now, I think the Raiders are better team than Washington. I think they're a better franchise at the moment. And the crazy thing is the Redskins have spent a ton of money over the years to not suck. And all they have is sucked. So it is what it is. But what else do we have on the NFL table? A lot of things going on. Reading today how the Eagles' game plan is uh, to hit Cam Newton. Wonder where they came up with that one. Is that what opponents of the Philadelphia Eagles should do to their quarterbacks? Isn't that the plan every week, though? Attack the quarterback, take the quarterback out. It's really what the NFL is about. And they're all about trying to protect those guys because they know that's the plan. They know every Sunday the guy under center or behind center is uh, target number one. And that's why there's every rule in the book now to keep the million-dollar guys on the field. And let's be honest, uh, we hate all these rules. Can't hit them low, can't hit them high. Got to hit them in the middle, got to hit them in the belt. You know, fans express their outward frustration with all those rules concerning the quarterback calling him pansy, soft, blah, blah, blah. But let's be honest. Pittsburgh's playing New England You don't want to see Garoppolo versus Michael Vick or Landry. You don't want to see that. You want to see Tom Brady, and you want to see Ben Roethlisberger. So the league, knowing that, because they are smart and they are a billion-dollar industry, knows they, in order to keep making money, they need to have those guys on the field. So they're going to do any and everything to protect them. But, yeah, interesting. Eagles coming out with this big revelation uh, that they're going to hit Cam Newton. I think they're trying to get Cam all razzled up because, you know, Cam had the little dust-up with Ed Hockley about uh, getting hit and not getting flags. Are they trying to get in Cam's head? I mean, Carolina's already going to be quite giddy about going out to Seattle and getting a win. Did the Eagles need to do that? They may have riled up the Panthers on that one. So you've got that little nugget. How about Tom Brady? Enjoying a really great season, yet another one. They are the defending Super Bowl champs, by the way. But does Tom Brady show any signs of slowing down? I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen him. And Tom hasn't seen him either. As he's talking about, he's got another 10 years. We heard 
Charles Woodson say it. But now we've got Tom Brady coming out saying it. He plans on playing for another 10 years. To quote Brady, he said, I'd like to play a long time. Yeah, a long time. And admits there's a lot that goes into playing well. I've played with a lot of great teammates. But I want to play for a long time, maybe 10 more years. If you're not a Patriot fan, you don't want to hear that. You want Tom Brady gone. What if Tom Brady plays for another 10 years? He'll own every record, of course, because Peyton Manning is dust. Okay, He's through. Can't throw a spiral. I don't think he can throw the ball beyond 35 yards. I mean, he's done. He hasn't announced his retirement. We, we've announced it for him, the fans. We've announced Peyton Manning's retirement. When Tom Brady plays another 10 years. Not only does he own every record, I think he puts it in the stratosphere to where it well, might not be broken in the lifetime of anyone listening to this show right now. That will really make you sick, too, if you're not a Patriot fan. Not only did they win a bunch of Super Bowls, and who knows if he plays another 10 years, how many more they'd win, two maybe. Here's the whole thing with the, uh, well, I'm going to play another 10 years. Man, one day you're young and you're all right, then the next day you're not, and it happens that fast, overnight. One moment Peyton Manning was putting the ball wherever he wanted on the field, next moment, not. Can't throw a spiral, can't feel the ball, can't do any of that. So it's nice that he wants to play another 10 years, but uh, at this point it's year by year. How about Joe Montana earlier this week coming out and saying, since we're talking Patriots here, if you ain't cheating, you ain't lying. Makes you wonder, what did, you know, the 49ers had a nice little dynasty going there. What did the San Francisco 49ers do? Did they sneak in someone's locker room? Did they film practices? Quoting Joe Montana, you know, everybody does everything they can to possibly get a little bit of an edge. I mean, back then it was illegal, but it was illegal. Like our guys used to spray, and everybody did it at the time, silicone on their jerseys, the linemen, so that the defensive linemen couldn't get a hold of them. And the defensive linemen did it so the offensive linemen couldn't hold them. I mean, is Joe right? He probably is. I've never made a really big, huge deal out of what's gone on with the Patriots. The whole deflate gate, spy gate, all that other crap. I mean, is the NFL not the most competitive thing in the world out there? Is there anything more competitive than the NFL? Talking about a man's game for as long as they'll continue to allow it to be. And... uh Billions of dollars at stake. These franchises now are worth billions of dollars. It's competitive from every angle possible. So you best believe any edge a player can get, a franchise can get, a coach can get, a general manager can get, they're going to take it. There's a lot at stake every NFL season. I mean, there's some NFL teams out there that need to start cheating. You need to do that ASAP. If your team is at the bottom of the heap, Every damn year, it's time for Jacksonville to start doing a little cheating. Cleveland, come on. Cleveland, start filming somebody's practice. Start stealing their play sheets. 
When are they going to have some kind of a scandal? I mean, you can't just keep finishing at the bottom of the heap all the time. Your fans are uh, worn out. So, you know, maybe Joe is right. If you aren't cheating, you aren't trying. So, if you're one of these teams that would like to start the year off 0-4, you need to start doing something. Taking a little steroids or something. You know, come on. Get out of the doldrums. Because uh, this finishing last stuff every year, eh, it's for the birds. It really is. So, uh, I'm with Joe on this one. I'm a Joe Montana fan at this point. Growing up, couldn't stand him. I was a Los Angeles Rams fan, and every time that dude showed up, we took an L most of the time. Couldn't stand Joe Montana, but now I've got respect for him, just like I've got respect for Bradshaw and the like. Hey, how about the New York Giants fan getting knocked out? I mean, that's gone viral. Philadelphia Eagles fan puts his lights out. Dude was talking cash. I mean, this is going on every week. I mean, you go to a San Francisco 49ers game, and there's a beatdown happening every week. I mean, there's more ass-kicking going on in the San Francisco 49ers football games in the stands and outside the stadium than anything the 49ers are doing on the field this year. I mean, the 49ers might want to start suiting up some of these fans sitting in the stands. They might want to hop on that. Because them dudes is kicking rear end every week. But uh, in this particular case, we had a, a New York Giants fan in the midst of a, a humbling loss by his team is in a sea of Philadelphia Eagle fans just talking crazy trash, and uh, he gets knocked the hell out. And now the initial video that you saw, uh, you might have had some sympathy for dude. You know, just seemed to be another guy talking about what happened in the game. A little bit of trash talking. And uh, ended up getting punched out. Like, who deserves that? But the other shoe drops. And you get the full footage of what happened before he got put to sleep. And uh, dude was going overboard with the whole selling out thing. Challenging guys to a fight. And he got what he wanted. And uh, ended up looking up at the ceiling. So... Too bad for that guy. But uh, there'll be another fight, several of them, this weekend at a game near you. As the beer flows and the temperatures start to drop and people get aggravated and agitated, there'll be another fan knocked out. We'll see if it catches uh, its way on film and goes viral again. I need to take a break. When I get back, it's time to talk some college football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one-week and even one-day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. 
FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs. Do it now! To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. Drake memes, can we even call it memes since they're video? Oh, they just won't stop. He's putting toppings on pizza. He's hitting tennis balls. That's my favorite one. Man's hitting tennis balls. Uh, An obvious play on uh, his recent relationship with Serena Williams. How's that doing, by the way? Anyone got an update on that? (laughs) I mean, this... This video and Drake dancing on it has just absolutely done wonders for the song, everything. Who the hell knows what's going to take off in social media? I mean, you literally have no clue. If you're betting on this thing, you can't be winning any money. Who thought this thing would go like this? It only takes one funny meme, uh, one funny video to be put out, and then everyone's trying to top everybody. And then yesterday, uh, ingenious, the whole lightsaber thing. I don't know how you're topping that, okay? That's just technical ingenuity um, on steroids. The man has gone full. He's using the force in the video now. I've I've even lost track what the hell the song's about. It's called Hotline Bling. I, I have no idea what the song's about anymore. At this point, it's become about pizza toppings, volleying on a tennis court, and, you know... Turning back some warriors from your latest Star Wars movie, like handling some stormtroopers. What is that song about again? Got no clue at this point. So my man Drake's out there, and uh, he's once again going to reap the benefits. I mean, this is Drake's year. First he stomps on Meek Mill's neck. 
And is Meek Mill uh, ever going to be the same? Is he? I mean, now he went all sixth grade on 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 Wale yesterday, telling him he's not in the crew anymore. Like, I mean, Drake messed this dude up, got that guy all messed up. So it's been a banner year for Drake. Okay, I, I mean, we could pull out a report card, but uh, so far, mashed Meek Mill. Logged in a few weeks with Serena Williams. It's everyone's favorite backside. And then he drops this silly little song where he's dancing in sweats, and it takes off because everyone wants to make fun of it, I guess. And um, Drake's that guy. If you ain't on that Drake train, you better get on it because he's just getting it done right now. And it's funny, they're, uh, in a way, with all these things, they're hating on the guy, I think. And he's going to laugh all the way to the bank. I mean, it's just amazing how these things work. So, hey, y'all figure it out for me, because I, I, don't, I don't even know. I don't even know how you come up anymore. It's just amazing who comes up uh, in this day and age. Guy goes out in some sweats, makes a very basic video, attempts to dance, doesn't do a great job, blows up. I don't get it. I throw my hands up. And he's a, a big star. I don't get it. You know, DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. Big star. The man said another one. And it took off. Guy's laughing all the way to the bank. And don't let me bring up the Kardashians. But it's just really hard to understand. You got some people working really hard out there to make a million. And it's not getting done. And you get people that come up with some silly ass idea. And it takes off. I don't get it. But uh, such is life. All right. Let's get back on the gridiron. Because this is the gridiron stud show, right? Isn't that what it's called? So let's talk a little college football. And, uh, I mean, where do we where do we start off? Because right now, look, I, this might be the case every year, but overwhelmingly so this year. College football is so much more interesting than pro football. I mean, can we agree on that? So much more interesting. And uh, it's the the weekly events that are going down. You got some big time football. I think we're having a better college football season in terms of excitement because uh, there isn't any one really dominant team. I mean, Ohio State's helping us out here by not being as dominant as everyone thought they were going to be. You got teams that have risen up out of the ashes and didn't expect much from them. Like I didn't expect much from Michigan. I predicted them to be a four and eight football team. I look like a complete moron right now because they're getting it done. Last week's FUBUB, uh, notwithstanding. How about Florida? People thinking they could be in the final four of this thing, and they have a great opportunity to do so. 
excellent opportunity to do so. They can handle their business along the way. Yes, they do have a loss, but it was a very close loss. They lost to a technically illegal play run by Les Miles. Got to love Les. You know, Florida fans have been uh, laboring and uh, debating over the legality of the fake field goal that was run. Legal or not, their guy jumped into the end zone with the ball, and uh, they win by a touchdown. But still, I mean, Florida only lost by a touchdown. They went out, including the SEC championship game, if they can make it to that, and they have a good chance. Florida could find themselves in the final four. How about that? So many storylines. Steve Spurrier says, I quit. Not at the end of the year. Not at the end. Like right now. I'm done. I'm done right now. And then you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do because I'm sick right now. I'm tired of college football. Tired of what I've got going on. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go attend another college football game this week. I'm going to go to another football game, and it's not the one of the team that I was coaching. How about that? He jumps up at the Michigan-Michigan State game. Now, granted, uh, ESPN had him on. But, man, I don't know if you're from South Carolina. How's that rub you? I get it. Uh, I'm a little tired of this football thing right now. I'm going to take a break. Oh, but I'm going to show up at the Michigan-Michigan State game. Sucks for those guys. But there's so many storylines. You know, Florida LSU was exciting, but how about Notre Dame and USC last week? That was exciting. And what do we make of Ohio State? Yeah, they're not blowing people away this season. I guess that's what people wanted to see, of course. Wanted to see them be dominant. I I insist the Buckeyes aboard. They climbed that big, tall hill last year, stuck their flag at the top, and they just kind of want to get through this whole regular season thing. I think that's what's going on there. They just need some challenges. By the way, have you seen this? The Buckeyes have scored 11 touchdowns and 12 red zone trips over the last two games. So that's something to pay attention to because when you can go in a red zone and do that kind of stuff, domination is on the horizon. Hey, this is the era of the hurry-up offense. We all know about that. And uh, that means teams are running more plays. But have we really had this thing broken down? How about this? Here's the teams that have run the most plays last week. Charlotte ran 106 plays last week in a college football game. 106 plays. If you play defense for Charlotte, good God, you just played three games last week. Essentially, that's what you did. You just played three games. Because back in the day, you'll have games where you had 40 snaps on defense. Man, your offense went out there and snapped the ball 106. What the hell? Hope you're playing with a lot of guys on that side of the ball. Memphis, who took out Ole Miss. They needed 95 plays to do so. I mean, this stuff's insane. Texas Tech, they're on this list every week, okay? 94 times Kansas, 90 times Kansas. Kansas? Kansas? We're talking about Kansas. Ninety snaps? I mean, you guys are snapping the ball 
a whole bunch and that junk ain't working for you. You guys might want to chill out. Hey, Kansas, snap the ball half that many times this week. Let's see what happens. Give that a shot. Line up in the wishbone. How about that? Snapping the ball 90 times and you're getting your back beat out, getting torn out the frame. Ball State 88 times. Colorado, who lost their game, but they were in a fight. At least they were fighting there 87 times. Bunch of teams in the 80 list here. Some of the teams you wouldn't expect, like Virginia, 81 snaps. What are they doing there? What are you doing there? What are you doing there, Virginia? What are you doing? Bunch of teams snapping the hell out the football. Hey, chill out with all that. Nick Saban coming out saying he doesn't want to hear anything about players being tired right now. Look, I love Nick. He's done a great thing over there at Alabama. What are you talking about that for, Nick? No one wanted to hear anything about your guys not being interested in your bowl game against Oklahoma. I know big game Bob didn't want to hear that nonsense. He sure didn't want to hear it. So now you're out talking about you don't want to hear anything about guys being tired. You want to know who's tired? Charlotte's damn defense. I can't get over that. 106 snaps. And just to jump off topic real quick, um, I know a man clutch like MJ is listening to me right now. Dude, you got to tell me why your Cavs think Tristan Thompson's worth $82 million. $82 million. Why? Why that guy? Why $82 million in his pocket? I should have raised a couple of NBA basketball players. I'm still baffled by that. I don't know what I'm more baffled by. Charlotte ripping off 106 snaps in their game last week or Tristan Thompson getting $82 million from the Cavs. Like, who made that decision? I thought they ran all the decisions by LeBron James. LeBron signed off on that? Bull crap. And trust me, bull crap ain't the word I want to use. Not the term I want to use. But, you know, I'm trying to be a nice guy here. What's more obnoxious? What's more outrageous? Charlotte running 106 plays and basically putting their defensive coordinator's job at risk? Or Tristan Thompson signing an $82 million contract? He must have pulled a hamstring running to sign that deal. If I'm the defensive coordinator for Charlotte, I'm walking into my offensive coordinator's office on Sunday and I'm punching him square in the face hey bro chill out 106 plays the hell's wrong with you nevertheless uh, those are some of the things that I just really can't explain going on Uh, we've got some new play callers in college football trying to give coordinators some love right here Got a new play caller in Baylor, new one in East Carolina, Clemson, Michigan State, New Mexico State, Rutgers, SMU, Southern Miss, UConn, Washington State, all these guys, new play callers. Hey, Mike Leach let someone else call plays, but that's on defense. Sorry, guys. Mike Leach ain't giving up the sticks. And have you ever seen anyone quit on a running game faster than Mike Leach? If that first handoff doesn't break for 30, dude is done running the ball, man. 
That's a five-carry football game. What does Mike Leach, what is the, first of all, what's the running back coach at Washington State do, really? What does he do during practice? He's got to be, like, at the meal truck for at least an hour and a half at practice. You're doing nothing. What are you doing at practice? Does he even have guys? He's prepping his dudes for the five carries they're going to get in a Washington State football game. What do you tell running backs? You're sitting in the house. You're doing in-house. Uh, you're Washington State with, uh, you know, one of the best local products running the ball. Kids rush, rush for 1,600 yards. What are you telling that guy? What are the lies that are being told? What are the sweet little lies you're telling a running back <laughs> to get him to Washington State? I want to sit in on one of those. Somebody periscope. Uh, Washington State running back coach in-home visit with top running back. I mean, that's stuff I'm going to watch there. It's time for people to start using Periscope for what it really should be used for. Not a drunk broad. How about the drunk chick? I'm all over the place today. How about the drunk chick? Periscoped herself driving home drunk. Do we, like, what's wrong with our country? What's the matter with us? I would have paid for someone to have watched that Periscope, Periscope themselves, pulling her over and slapping her dead in her face. Didn't watch the whole thing. Did she Periscope Periscope herself getting arrested? But yeah, uh, the Periscope, my Periscope wish list. And this is something I probably should start every week. I think I can go somewhere with that. Periscope, Washington State running back coach doing an in-home visit with the top running back that they're trying to get to to the Cougars. Does Washington State even let their running back coach go out on recruiting visits? Do they even allow stuff like that? Very interesting. So, again, uh, that is my appeal. If I could have one wish, periscope that for me. What else we got on tap in college football? Oh, by the way, I did bring up the thing about coordinators. Let me finish my thought there because, again, I'm rambling everywhere. Kendall Bryles at Baylor probably doing the best job. I mean, Baylor continues to score basketball-style points. Will Baylor outscore their basketball team this year? Through 16 games. Someone do some research on that for me. Keep track of that. I mean, what's Baylor going to play? 12, 13 games through their first, through the 13 games of their season. And Baylor basketball teams, first three games this year. Who, Who's going to average more points? And this is a legit question. I'm not dicking around here. It is real stuff. I'm not playing around. I'm going to need an answer to that. How close are those two things going to be? Because, I mean, here's what Baylor has going on. Listen, you guys think I'm joking. I'm not playing around here. Let me call off some Baylor Bears football scores here for you. Here's your last six games. 56-21, to 66-31, 70-17, 63-35, 66-7, 62-38. I'm going to stroll over to ESPN while I talk here. I'm going to multitask. 
They say men can't multitask. I'm going to crush that stereotype right now. I'm going to do a radio show and go to ESPN at the same damn time. I'm going to head over to the Baylor basketball team and look at some scores for them last year. And if anyone knows that off the top of their head, anyone big Baylor basketball fan out there? First of all, get a life. But if you do follow Baylor Bears basketball like that, drop a call in here to me. This show should be filmed. I got so much going on. I'm answering texts. I'm going uh, to ESPN. I'm talking to you guys. I mean, I'm a a virtual one-man band here. But nevertheless, I can't even find college basketball on ESPN for crying out loud. What's wrong? Did they start those cuts already? Did they start cutting staff at ESPN already? Because the website's pissing me off today. Here we go. Can't find it. What the hell? Anyway. Oh, here we go. So we're going to find out what the Baylor Bears did on the basketball court last year in terms of scoring because uh, their football team putting up basketball scores. When's that going to end? I mean, they're going to keep playing this Big 12 schedule. They're going to keep hanging 60 on everybody running 80 and 90 plays a game. If you're a top defensive player, why do you go to Baylor? Impossible to look good there. Really is. Because you're giving up 30 and 20 that just also rants on a weekly basis. I mean, you have not a ton to be proud of over there. If you're a Baylor Bear defensive guy, like how do you get hyped about this? Well, how many plays Kansas ran in their 66-7 to loss to Baylor? But that's the only time Baylor's held anyone to single digits. The big bad Baylor Bears. That's why I'm not. That's why I'm not sipping the Kool-Aid on those dudes. Start playing some defense, then holla at me. Uh-oh. Got some scores here. Check this out, okay? I should punch the calculator up. Baylor Bears basketball. Their first, let's go, first six games last year. 80 to 39, 69-65, 60-45, 67-51, 71-47, 62-man. Those numbers are pretty damn close. Baylor Bears football, Baylor Bears basketball, same scoring average. Who would have ever thought that? Take a break. When I get back, Nick Delatore joins me here on the Gridiron Stud Show. than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. 
Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! High School, one of the great high school bands here in Florida. Pahokee uh, football was very, very dominant at one point. At this point now, I think the band is outdoing the team. Sorry, don't shoot me on that one. I was a coach at university school, and uh, Pahokee handed us a couple beatings. remember going out there in 2008, second-round playoff game. First play from scrimmage, they throw a pass to Nukees Richardson. Y'all remember him at Tennessee. He was there for a minute. Decided uh, he wanted to rob a convenience store. Unfortunately for him, better at football than doing the whole convenience store robbery thing, so he failed there. But nevertheless, ball goes right off of Nukees Richardson's hands. We intercepted, running, run it back for a touchdown, first play of the game. If you saw our sidelines, we just won the World Cup and the Super Bowl at the same time. We're going berserk. That's it. Pahokee's going down today. 
You couldn't have told us any different as our player crossed the goal line. We were winning. Pahokee was going home. Pahokee had beaten university school 62 to nothing the year before. They were blocking punts and pitching the ball back to each other and doing front flips into the end zone. This was going to be sweet. By the way, that Pahokee team had Janoris Jenkins, the corner Bentley there. One of the great Pahokee teams completely destroyed, dismantled, and embarrassed university school 62 to nothing the year before. They scored every kind of way possible. But that wasn't going to happen this year. First play of the game, showed them what's up. Pick six. It was a highlight of university school's day. Because the next play, the Joshua Johnson hung one up and threw that ball so far out there. And I'm looking at the ball in the sky, and I'm looking at Nukees Richardson, and I'm looking at the ball, and I'm looking at Richardson, and I'm like, there's no way he's catching up to that. And the guy took two steps and threw the ball far as he could. Nah, man, that ball landed right in his hands, pretty as could be. Touchdown. And as high as we were three minutes ago is as low as we were after that. And Pahokee went on to score 39 unanswered points. And it was a 45-6 to loss. So anytime I can take a dig at the Pahokee Blue Devils, who we ended up beating several years later, as the trajectory of those two programs went in a different direction. University School eventually kept that climb going and won a state championship in Pahokee, uh, took a turn for the worse and went the other direction. They got a good band, though. Hey, I'm supposed to have Nick Delatore on. He's not on. I don't know where he is. I think he might still be kicking footballs over there on Florida Field. As a Florida's had, I don't know, a thousand guys come out there and kick. I wonder what that looked like. The actual number that I'm hearing is 77 guys go out. 77 tried out. I'm not believing that number. It had to be more guys than 77. But perhaps Nick was one of those guys because he ain't showing up for his segment here on the show today. We'll have to put Nick on suspension. Oh, I'm going to have to call in for the backup. Nick's over there trying to be the next kicker. I want to know who the next kicker is going to be. Apparently they've found one. There's going to be a new kicker there, and it's going to be some guy who last week was a student just minding his own business. Getting ready for a calculus exam. As uh, both of the kickers are down for the University of Florida. Not a good time for this to be happening. you got a pretty important game coming up against the University of Georgia. And if this goes any way like most of the Florida-Georgia games have gone in recent history, a kicker is going to become... Very important. Kicker's going to be ultra important. And so, we'll have to see where we go with that. I think I got a caller here on the line. I pray to God that this is a sensible call. Caller, you're on a good on Stutch show. Hello. Yes. Hey, I just called in and listened to you, bro. How's everything going? Ah. Good, man. I mean, you can ask a question, share some knowledge, drop something on me. Don't be don't All be right, scared. Well, I'm I'm asking something. I'm asking something right now that See, I knew you had something on your mind. Why you call here playing, man? Come on now. Let it out. You're probably you're probably not talking about it, but 
All right, so in recruiting mm-hmm. high school students with colleges, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's funny because, you know, some things has changed, but when you have an athlete that's actually a standout athlete in week in, week out right now, he's really putting in the work, putting in the work, putting in the work, and then there's no offers being offered, but then you have guys that's not even putting up half of the numbers that he's putting up, and they actually have offers, and their offers are taking place right now during the season. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to figure out, okay, what is it? Is it some type of deal? Is it, is it uh, some land yap, some extra that you have to do besides, uh, you know, as a parent? I'm just trying to figure out what's the route to take um, as in moving forward and, you know, just trying to get your student Yeah, I, I mean, this off. is this is an interesting topic, and actually it's one I covered on uh, my recruiting show last night. I had, uh, I, I think, may have had a, a, a question quite similar to yours, uh, and I, I think I did a 15-minute segment on this. So here's the deal. Football, um, college football is very much into the aesthetics, let's say the, the, the dimensions, height, weight, speed, all that stuff. Um, and I explained how right around the time that I started coming out of college football, they started instituting these rules. They were It was, quote, unquote, for the whole student-athlete thing. So you started limiting the amount of time that players could spend with the coaching staff. There's this 20-hour rule now. And because of that, there isn't a whole bunch of time colleges feel to d- develop players. So uh, most of that 20 hours is spent teaching the scheme. So when you have that going on, we got to make sure we have the best possible athletes in our program. That's the thought process for a lot of these teams. Not not the most okay. successful ones, by the way, but that's the thought process. So um, give me a six foot three receiver who can win when I know I'm not going to be able to give him everything in terms of you know, technique, everything. He can win on athleticism as um, long as I put him in my scheme. Because, you, you know, when you watch college football now, it's a whole lot of that is um, – people gaining fame by their scheme, their offense that they're running yeah. and the plays that they're running. And so so they don't have time to teach technique. That's not a big deal anymore. So well, you this, get well, guys let getting – Let me say this. Okay. So let me say this. So you got a student athlete week in, week out. Sure, he's put in work. And mm-hmm. the guys that are – he's been putting up the same numbers that the guys you are have already offered, and he's mm-hmm. there in the mix with everything – and you're mm-hmm. inquiring about them, but mm-hmm. you're not pulling triggers. Now, there was difference. Now, back, you know, early 90s, mm-hmm. we didn't have the access like these colleges have with Huddle uh, or mm-hmm. YouTube or mm-hmm. uh, Cross uh, deal, whatever mm-hmm. the, new, the new deal mm-hmm. that just came out. So mm-hmm. it's not like you can't get film. It's not like you can't get the whole film now. So it's not like, oh, I got to mm-hmm. see the whole game. You have access mm-hmm. to it, and then – you still not. You think that makes it easier like for the player, or it makes it harder for the player to get recruited? I think, I think it I makes think it harder. I think it's. I think it makes it easier for the player. Get, if you're a beast, if you're a hell of a player, a college would say, "Man, this man is a this man is a great kid, or this this, this man is a great football player." I actually man, think got, it makes it harder, and here's here, here's why. Um, now I can sit at my desk and look at players from everywhere. You know, yeah. I, there's they're more there's they're more, you know, uh, spoons. In the soup now. I can see a lot of players okay. now. So that makes it – might actually make it harder. Um, and, again, it's just going to boil down to that height and weight stuff. And then the other guys that are producing like that, they're back burner guys. And if they don't get what they want in terms of those big 
highly uh, recruited, height, weight guys, then they'll start coming back to the guys on that back burner. You know what I mean? And it's going to be those guys who produce. So it's it's good that they're producing. Um, but, again, it's all about aesthetics. I hate that it's that way. I know you hate. Obviously, you hate that it's that way. Um, but that's that's the game right now. So if you're not if you don't fit that physical description, then you have to be doing something really really unique. And if that is producing week in week out, then so be it. But you got to think some of these colleges are looking at high school football like, listen, um, I don't I we're not sure uh, the competition you're playing against anyway. I do know this. I'm in the SEC and we're playing LSU in Alabama. I got to be sure that the guy I'm bringing in here is going to be able to stand up to that. Yeah, I you know I see him beating. Uh, Pine Valley, Pine Forest, or whatever the school is in your area, I don't know. But they have to look in their mind and project and say, okay, can he do this now against Ole Miss and Mississippi State? Or can he do this against uh, USC and Notre Dame? And that, and, okay. and more times than not, they they figure that the bigger and faster that person is, the better chance they're going to have of doing that. Right, wrong, or indifferent, man, that's that's kind of the way that it goes. And that's that's the game right now, so. Okay. Unfortunately, that's that's how it is, man. Well, I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna leave you on so you can keep. I'm gonna leave you on so you can keep listening, man. I appreciate the question and you getting that off your chest. Glad I was able to answer that for you. Thank you. All right, it's uh, it's Gator time. It's Gator time. So, um, I don't I don't know what happened to your boy here, Nick Delatorre. I think he might be out there trying to kick the ball through the goalposts over there in Florida Field. But I I I have a backup plan. And uh, he was on with me last night talking recruiting, but he's he's multi-talented. And so Andrew Spivey's going to come on and talk just some straight-up Gator football with me now. I've got Andrew Spivey from Gator Country. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I, I think Nick is uh, out there in the middle of that 300 people trying to get a kicker. Either that or he's still trying to get Savannah Jordan off the soccer field to come kick. I mean, something's going on, man. The guy's usually good with showing up for work. So he just very well might be out there in a, a cutoff shirt. And uh, some really small shorts trying to kick the ball through the thing. You could tell him I said that too. But all right, let's uh, let's get into this whole thing. I've heard a number of 77 guys came to try out. I'm, Andrew, I'm not believing that. I think if you are the Florida Gators with the kind of momentum they've got right now, and I know the kind of fandom that there is there, and the involvement of the student body, if you put something out there that you can join this team in any capacity, and as a kicker where there's um, you know limited risk. Physically, you're going to get more than 77 guys come try out. So what's the real deal? How many guys came out there and tried out? Do they have a kicker yet? I was told there's 225 guys that actually showed up uh, to kick, wow. and that really about 77 of them uh, were actually asked to come back again for a second wow. tryout. So uh, okay. I, I guess that's where it is. Uh, you know, I have heard that there's three guys. Uh, one of those is uh, Brooks Abbott that used to play at Virginia Tech. He walked over to Florida last year with Will Muschamp and didn't make the team. Uh, Will didn't mm. keep him on board, uh, so he left. But he was still on scholarship. So I've heard that he's a guy that they're really, really interested in. Um, they're mainly just trying to find someone as a backup plan right now, just in case Austin Harden gets injured again. Uh, so I think that mm-hmm. that would probably be the guy, but I do know there's a couple guys on their target that they're bringing back actually today to go through another workout. Can Austin, can Austin Harden play in this Georgia game? Yes, he can. And I, and I think he'll okay. be fine. I, I think you noticed that as well in the LSU game. Uh, anybody that watched kind of noticed that he was healthy. Uh, he was still kicking the ball through the end zone uh, on kickoffs. But the question is, is, is field goals. 
But let's be honest, Austin Harden hadn't exactly been uh, Adam Vinatieri or anybody like that mm. on field goals. So uh, I, I'm not sure that you can really tell too much on that. But I do think he's back healthy. I think it's just a backup plan right now. Right. Okay. So we've gotten that out of the way. Um, Harden will be there, but you know if they could find something better out of the seven million guys that came out there, I'm sure you know <laughs> they they would jump on that. How does Florida end up with? Yeah, I know you don't have much on backup kickers, but what's what's going on with the kicker situation? Why has this been a problem ever since Caleb Sturgis left? What's the deal there? Well, I, I mean, I think you, you look at Harden, a guy who was the number one kicker in the country coming out of high school and just really hasn't never produced. And then uh, Will Muschamp had never really recruited a, a backup kicker to go with Harden, so you're kind of in that situation where you're stuck. Uh, I know McElwain's the guy, he's recruiting a kicker in this class to have two kickers on board for next year, so I don't think that's going to be an issue, but it really goes back to Harden being almost a bust, uh, per se, um, and then, mm-hmm. you know, you look at the funny situation, they were well at uh, Kyle Christie and Johnny Townsend, now they have Townsend and a backup is there, so just uh, I guess you could say un, um, unforeseen circumstances. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, that will happen from from time to time. Okay, let's talk about going forward here. Um, the Gators essentially control their own destiny uh, as it relates to going to the SEC championship game, uh, a game not a lot of folks, even some of the most diehard Florida fans uh, would not have put them in. And um, here they are. They, they they have that chance to do that. Um what are their prospects on winning this Georgia game? Uh, I know there's some serious revenge there. Shoes kind of on the other foot as we come into this thing this year, right? Yeah, but if you if you noticed uh, Monday, Florida comes out and they're a two point underdog to Georgia, um, and you say two right. points. Well, Florida can still use that to their advantage of hey, we're the underdog here. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is Jim McElwain wasn't the coach last year. I think he's able to get these guys uh, recharged a little bit and get them refocused. I think that's been the biggest thing is McElwain's able to refocus the guys every week. And in this Georgia game, it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. Florida could come out and win by 40. Georgia could come come out and win by 40. Uh, no telling what happens. But I do think Florida being an underdog here and the prospect of going to, to Georgia kind of makes it a little even field, even after the the whooping they gave Georgia last year. True, very, very true, and, and look, that's going to be a war. There's no doubt about it. But let's talk some scenarios. Let's let's go to the negative end here. Let's say they lose to Georgia. Uh, what are the scenarios in which Florida could still make their way to the SEC championship game? Yeah, definitely. They'd have to win out, which is South Carolina and Vanderbilt, two games they very well could win, and then hope for a Georgia loss, either against Auburn at Auburn or against Kentucky. Two games that Georgia very well could lose, but you would now have to hope for Georgia to lose the game um, and, and Florida would have to win out their next two games. That would be um, the best scenario. Uh, the, the worst would be uh, a weird tiebreaker where, Alabama, or where Tennessee is to beat Alabama and win out, and then it would be a three-way tie if Florida could somehow or another win that. Uh, but basically win Georgia or hope Georgia loses another game. Right, right. I definitely understand that. What's the fan – what's what's the general feeling around Gainesville and with the fan base after the, the loss to LSU? Is it uh, Are they looking like a moral victory type thing or – um, is it a game they feel like they could have won? And uh, what's what's the general consensus there among the fan base? I, I 
think it's a little mixed. I think that it's definitely a game they feel like they should have won, but it's also a Florida's back in the discussion. It was a big-time football game, a top-ten matchup there, uh, and, and it's more of a we're kind of back mentality they are, and also very surprised. I think if you had told any fan uh, or anybody, really, that Florida would be 6-1 and one right now, they'd take it. So I think it's a little bit of relief that they're there and also a little bit of, man, we're, we're that close to being 7-0. and oh. Right, right, uh, exactly. Damn close. Um, all <laughs> yeah. right, break this down for me. That field, that fake field goal, legal or illegal? You know, it, it, and from everything that I have been told and read, it's legal because of the, of the fact that they were lined up in a in a field goal and that the kicker was lined up to kick a field goal. So it was legal from from everything I told. They changed that rule a little bit a couple of years ago uh, when, when Les Miles had a fake. So I, I, from everything I'm told, it's legal, but it didn't look close to being illegal. Um, my thing is, come on, Vernon, come on, guys. You guys have to know to watch out for a fake. So I kind of blame that more on the on the guys more so than legal or illegal. All right, let's talk Let's talk uh, Gators getting to the SEC championship game. Uh, you personally, and if you could kind of speak for the fans here, uh, Ole Miss – Alabama or LSU, who's the team that the Florida Gators would most want to see out of that trio? I think if you have Florida fans, they want to see a, a revenge matchup with LSU again. Um, if you're asking mm. me personally, I want to see Alabama. I, I want to see McElwain versus his mentor and Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. So um, that would that would be kind of my matchup. But it's definitely the overwhelming uh, response from fans, from people on our message board. They want to see LSU again. They want to see them at a neutral field in a game where the, the crowd doesn't affect either one. And also, Treon Harris and Matt Ben will have – five games under his belt as a true starter with the team under his belt. And they feel Mm -hmm. like they can go to uh, Georgia Dome and beat LSU. I think it would be a great matchup with anyone they face, whether that's Ole Miss again, LSU again, um, even Alabama, or possibly Texas A&M. I don't think Florida wants to see Ole Miss again. I think it would be a completely different game uh, in the Dome. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So, you know, that kind of takes care of my next question. Who do they least want to see? And uh, I guess we can take from that 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 would be Ole Miss. So, all right, well, with a week off, we can leave it at that. And uh, let's, man, go see if you can pull Nick off that field. Tell him the little field goal <laughs> race thing's over. <laughs> it's over, man. That's right. So, uh, now, Nick, uh, Nick would be good. I mean, I'd get some inside scoop if Nick was to win that job. So maybe I should let him stay out there. And, man, that'd be the reason why he wouldn't get that job. It'd be too much in there, too much on Gator Country, man. You already got enough. They don't need you to have their insight inside. Well, listen, Andrew, uh, appreciate you filling in for Nick, man. Thanks. You got it. Take care. All right, Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com, giving us a little insight on the the kicker tryouts that they had there in Gainesville this weekend, and then uh, a little talk on the upcoming game with Georgia, which is a very important game for the Gators, essentially winning that Georgia game kind of puts them in Atlanta. I don't want to kind of discount the two remaining SEC opponents that they have, but, you know, South Carolina not having a banner year, and uh, Vanderbilt is just being Vanderbilt. So uh, win Georgia, and you're probably in Atlanta, a place where a lot of people didn't expect to see Florida at the end of the year. Well, from Florida, we're going to talk a little Florida State football, and uh, who better to do that than with Bud Elliott from TomahawkNation.com. Kind of got on some Florida State fans this week. I don't know if you had a chance to see that, Bud. Uh, kind of called you guys some crybabies, just stirring the nest a little bit. Did you see that? No. What did what, what, uh, you get them for? 
I just said every Monday. I'm, yeah, I mean, why do Florida State fans have to come out and cry every Monday if you're not crying about the officials? You're crying about where you're ranked, or you're crying about why your guy isn't the Heisman front runner. And that's not necessarily you, although you've taken up a couple of those uh, topics. But those fans in general, like, for God's sakes, you guys are winning. You've won probably more than anyone in college football over the last two, three seasons. Like, damn, man, don't worry, be happy. I want to play the Bobby McFerrin song for Florida State fans. Chill out. I, I don't blame you for that. I, I will take up for them with the horse collar calls because there's been four horse collars already missed on Dalvin Cook this year, and Jimbo Fisher is just kind of like losing his mind there on the sideline. Like, a, how can this keep happening to this guy? And uh, it, It's not like it's in a crowd. You know, he, he's generally breaking away and, uh, and and beating guys on angles so bad that they're having to horse collar him from behind. So I'll, I'll take up for them on that. The ranking thing doesn't really bother me. But if you can't horse collar this guy, what are the other ways you're going to get him down? Man, he's ripping off 70 and 80 yard runs every week. I mean, well, okay, you know, I'll, Joe I'll Montana just said that. if there you're not cheap, you're not trying. Well, okay, <laughs> fair, but at, at least call it. I mean, that that was. Uh, I think that was Fisher's point on his call-in show. Like, so the, you have to get mm. that call because it's a uh, it, safety. It, it is a player safety issue. Yeah. 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 And, and look, let's be honest. Let's be honest. This guy's your football team right now. Although you did have two receivers step up last week, and and Golson's playing better, but you can't get Dalvin Cook hurt and think this season's going to end up the way that you want it to end right now. So I don't uh, blame, you know. I don't blame Jimbo Fisher for making a big deal out of it. You know what the folks at LSU would say, right? They're saying if you try and horse collar Leonard Fournette, all you are is a cape on this guy's back. You're not bringing him down that way. <laughs> Man, he's, That's all he's you so are good. right we're, now. We're, it, I know Nick Chubb got hurt, but we're in a golden age of running backs, man. This is Everybody just a couple of years ago was talking about how the running back position was going away, and now you have Fournette and Cook and Zeke Elliott and, uh, Royce Freeman out there at Oregon, and, and uh, uh, gosh, probably you know, some other guys I'm missing how, too. But how about it, the kid McCaffrey at Stanford killing it? So he's yeah, um, he, he 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 crushed UCLA the other week. By the way, UCLA's run defense, and this is way off topic. Uh, very powerful. Blue Jack, and they lost, and they lost Vanderdose. Uh, they're tiny up front now. Like they they had no good depth, and and it's really getting exposed. Yeah, yeah, they were they they were a sieve. I I like it because it's a throwback for me. I'm talking about the, all the running back stuff. It's a throwback to me for the '80s. You know, I I grew up on in the whole '80s thing, and 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 the Emmett Smith and the Bo Jackson and the Herschel Walker, and yeah, I can go on and on. George Rogers. That's what I'm seeing now in the SEC. But not only the SEC. You pointed out there are other great running backs across the country, um, including your guy. Who listen, I I might give you a hard time here, but. If Leonard Fournette slips here and there, and Dalvin Cook has a legit shot and a legitimate argument for being the Heisman Trophy winner this year, how about that, considering where this season was about to go for him before we even started? It's it's all about November 7th. Uh, that day, LSU goes to Alabama. Florida State goes to Clemson. Uh, that, that That's probably the day. If you're the mindset that a running back is going to win this award, you got three backs right there. You got Fournette versus Derrick Henry, and then you have Cook against Sean Watson, who's also, uh, you know, maybe hasn't had the crazy numbers yet this year, but um, a lot of riders do prefer quarterbacks. It, it, it seems to be so. That's that's going to be it right there, November seventh, and then, I mean, obviously if Dalvin has the game at, at Florida. LSU still has to play Old Miss and, and, and all that jazz, but but that's kind of going to be your separ- separation Saturday for the Heisman. 
Yeah, um, and 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 that's probably going to be the uh, term they use for that because you know ESPN is real good with the you know showdown Saturday and all the other stuff. So uh, kudos to you. You might want to trademark that thing in case they you know try and rip it away from you there. But um, I've I've seen the debate and it's been hot and heavy this week. Tell me the reasons why, if the season ended today, why Dalvin Cook could or should get the Heisman Trophy over Leonard Fournette, if you could do that for me. You know, I I, I don't know that it's clear that he should, um, but I I think that that he has more of a case than some people are are giving him credit for. Uh, Now, Cook has missed some time with with the hamstring and and has really missed out on some big-time runs. You know, he's breaking away there against Miami for a third score of 60-plus. When, when he, when he mm-hmm. pulls up and allows him, you know, allows himself to be tackled there, um, you know he, he missed some time in the Boston College game. He he had one run against Wake Forest and went for 94 yards, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. and then right. he, he kept the pass and, and he had and who knows he, he could have had three or four hundred yards in that game potentially, probably not four hundred. I think Jimbo Fisher would have probably pulled him. You know, on the other hand, Fournette clearly they they missed out on the McNeese State game, and that's probably at least a, you know 150 or 200 yard game for, for Fournette there because you're playing an FCS school, so. With Cook, I think it's the thing that he has on his side, he's played tougher run defense than Leonard mm-hmm. Fournette has. Now, that's not to say he's played better teams or a tougher schedule overall, but he's not facing opposing offenses. You know, that Boston College's offense sucks is really no consequence to Dalvin. Dalvin has to face Boston College's run defense, and nobody runs on Boston College. Now, that may change. BC may start gambling and you know trying to do some stuff because their offense just can't score a football, but Right now, Dalvin has faced a, a tougher slate of defenses and has put up higher yards per carry. His explosive numbers are just totally off the charts. He's carried this team to wins. Now, Fournette's done the same thing. My question is, why does Fournette have you know, such a big perceived lead in, in, in all the immediate votes? I mean, is, is it the SEC thing? Mm, maybe, but, man, yeah, look, let's take a look at some of these clips. Uh you know, was, I think the game at Auburn is what really catapulted him there. Just how beastly he looked, how out of out of this world he looked, and it made the rounds in social media. You had all the clips. Hell, I took a couple and did my job in making them viral. It just looked supernatural. So there's some of that. You, you know, I had a chance to see him in person last week, and you know they you rally to the guy, you make contact with him at the line of scrimmage. He still pushes ahead for four yards. He just seems. There's that little aura around him with the with the physicality that just makes teams look helpless. So that's helping him, you know. Aside from him having an advantage in the numbers as well. So, oh, for if sure. Could, if you could I latch onto that, that. The, the the highlight nature of the Heisman. We, we always talk about you know what's your Heisman moment, right? Uh, for for Jameis, it was probably when they went up there and smoked Clemson. For Johnny Manziel, it was when they went into Tuscaloosa. And beat Alabama, you know all, all, all that. For Bo, it was Bo over the top when, when they beat, you know, when they beat Alabama. Everybody has has Heisman moments. Dalvin Cook doesn't necessarily have a Heisman moment so far. Fournette having a guy literally try to jump and like decapitate him and just shrugging the guy off and, and then throwing <laughs> the end right. zone there. He he's had better like wow highlights because we see a lot of guys running fast. We don't really see a lot of guys beasting like they're the Incredible Hulk like like Fournette does. Now, but I will say this. Fournette is faster than people think, and Cook is stronger than people think. Right, right. Uh, I I don't think Fournette really gets that credit for the speed because I you know I had someone telling me, um, and and 
They're trying to tell me that Cook's faster than Fournette. And I said, maybe maybe in a 40-yard dash because it looks like Cook can get it going faster. But what you need to know is that Leonard Fournette's a 10-5 guy in, in, in high school. Um, and that was a, you know, a little bit of a surprise for the person I was having this discussion with. Um, is Because of all of this physicalness, uh, people underestimate just how fast the guy is. And then the same thing with – I mean, that run – Dalvin had last week against Louisville where he made him look silly with like four or five guys with an attempt to tackle this guy and they're just sliding off of him. It does go to your point that they just don't understand how strong he is. And there's a reason why he's ripping off these long runs as well. And Louisville needs to do some uh, some, some, some tackling drills in practice this week. Uh, I'm going to give Dalvin credit for that run. He, he kept the legs turning. He ran hard at the same time. Uh, I'm going to give him credit for about three broken tackles, and I'm just going to say those other two guys – uh, they were making business decisions. Yeah, no doubt about that. And we saw some of that in the Auburn game. Well, you know, so you've got two very – listen, let's just look at it. you got two first-rounders there. I guess we could figure out through the end of the year who exactly are going to be the Heisman Trophy winners. Um, and that's going to be that's going to be interesting to see that unfold. And, you know, November 7th, like you said, is going to be a big deal here. Let's talk about the improvement in the passing game. Uh, I guess my school helped with that. Uh, gave uh, gave Florida State a ton of confidence, but what's the big what's the difference that we've seen there since, uh, let's say Wake Forest to now? Well, I, I think the difference is that Jimbo Fisher uh, did a great job of evaluating how much doubt, or excuse me, how much Everett Golson was picking up, and the answer honestly was was not that much, uh, and so they they scrapped a lot of that stuff. And the biggest difference I see is that a lot of times Jimbo runs his offense. And they run plays that should theoretically work against any coverage, right? And like if you make the right read, a lot of times they package a man beater on one side with a zone beater on the other, and, and you know the receivers are, are reading the defense, the quarterbacks reading the defense. They've kind of gone away from that zone with him. I want to give Jimbo Fisher credit for here for, for being so adaptive and not being so rigid. They're doing more college, high school type stuff. They're, they're running a bunch of clear outs for guys. That there's a whole bunch of plays now they're running where basically it's just one guy designed to get the ball. You know, and if it's not there, Golson can take off and run. Uh, Jimbo Fisher has tripled the number of screens he's called in the last two games compared to the first four. He's really simplified it, and, and I think he realizes, hey, this offense goes through Dalvin Cook. We don't need Everett Golson turning the ball over. Let's be safe with it. Let's get the ball in the hands of our playmakers in space. And they're really doing a great job of calling sort of like series plays, you know, base play, and then a counter off that, and a counter to that, and maybe a trick play with that. They're working the hell out of the the inside zone and and the bubble the bubble concept there and, and with Dalvin running the inside zone so well and Florida State blocking it very well, it's hard when you have a when you have a guy you know who's like a ten two hundred guy and Kermit Whitfield on the outside he actually runs track right at the shoot you know so that's that's kind of a bind horizontally for defense. Yeah, um, and it is, and I guess it took a little while to realize just how much you can put on on Dalvin Cook because this has really been a quarterback centric offense. You had Jameis Winston the last couple of years and I guess it just took it just took that time for Jimbo to realize, well, we got we're moving from that to to this beast I've got in the backfield and so um it's it's uh, I guess for Florida State fans it's great to see others contributing like like what you had from the wide receivers last week. It's going to make Florida State that much more dangerous. Can they beat Clemson though is the question. Well, I think that that is the question because Clemson is playing good defense, and, and you look at okay, who on the schedule can really can, can make you change what you do on offense? You know, they they can beat Georgia Tech, I think, running Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. and throwing bubble screens and clearouts and stuff like that. Because I don't know if Georgia Tech has the personnel to match up 
horizontally with that without worrying about getting burnt deep. Florida and Clemson, they have the defensive personnel to handle that better. So in practice, they are going to have to continue to work their 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 more downfield passing stuff, the stuff that that's not really just designed to go to one dude, not not just clear outs and stuff. You know, because they're going to need that a little bit more advanced passing scheme to beat Clemson, to beat Florida. And I'm sure they're still working that in practice, but in games right now, they're running that 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 pretty much that kind of very simple type stuff. Right, right. Um, well, that's that's the showdown that everyone's looking for. Um, and, you know, of course, there's the Florida game at the end of the year, but everyone's kind of gearing themselves up for what's going on with Clemson. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we get a shocker this weekend. Miami takes them out. How about that one for? I think that's not what Florida State fans want, though. You, you need to have that, that big, be, big show that would come. That would be surprising to me. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if Miami's good enough to take down Clemson. Miami did have a nice win last week, but, man, they – they uh they they got aided by some pretty timely turnovers here from the Hokies. That was um that that was interesting. Yeah, no, and no doubt about it. There was some there was some help there. I think it was a confidence builder and who knows, as wacky as things are, this be the kind of game Miami'll go out and win and who I don't even I think half the fan base would be pissed off if that happened because they really, really do do one Al Golden gone. All right, man, well, we're gonna leave it there at that and uh, as always, appreciate you coming on and sharing your Florida State wisdom with us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. All right, Chad, take care. All right. Bud Elliott from TomahawkNation.com, uh, perhaps the best Florida State website out there. And uh, if you want if you want previews on the games, if you want uh, information on recruiting, and if you want a post-game analysis, probably the best out there. They do film study and all that good stuff. So they really break it down for you. Go check them out, TomahawkNation.com. I'm going to take a break when I come back, the final segment of the Gridiron Stud Show coming at you.
Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kids stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! Oh. Anytime yeah, man's got yeah, yeah, yeah. together, we gotta call us the Illuminati. Whenever you see the G, it represents God in geometry. That's what the stencil for. I'm going to take you deeper though. Now I'm just with you. Hey, Scott, I'm just with you, baby. Yo. Hey, 1125 on the Gridiron Stud Show. It's a programming note. We're going to have our Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. It is a must. You must be in attendance for the Football Friday Show every week. I mean, you have to. Okay, we get you ready for high school football, get you ready for college football, get you ready for NFL football. My co-host, Emil Calamino, and I break down the top matchups in uh, college football and NFL football. We also give you our picks, man. Our picks are doing pretty damn good, too. All right? So if you're not doing well on your own, you might as well take a little advice from the guys who know, right? That's, and that's me, and that's Emil Calamino. That's Big Meech and Larry Hoover. So we're on tomorrow at 10 a.m. doing the Football Friday show. And uh, I'm always joined on Friday by uh, Peter Ariz from CanesInsight.com. So we talk some Canes football. Also have uh, Joshua Wilson on with me from FloridaHSFootball.com. As uh, we talk high school football here in the state of Florida. also want to get into some national discussion on uh, high school football. Because they do play football elsewhere. And it'd be nice to talk about it a little bit, so we'll be branching out into that as we start to get down to the nitty-gritty in uh, all of the states as the uh, high school football season is coming to an end. How about that? It seems like just yesterday, man. We were doing kickoff classics, and uh, here we are, boiling it all the way down to the end here. Some some teams are – seasons are over already, not not literally, but figuratively. They're pretty much over. They're out of the playoff race. And uh, literally, we uh, have, I think, about three seasons, three weeks left in the regular season. So uh, we'll talk some uh, high school football tomorrow as well as get into college and NFL football. So you definitely don't want to miss that. And uh, we'll be doing that. We'll be we'll be doing the awesome Football Friday show. So uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow, you definitely want to join us on that. And uh, get yourself all set up for the weekend. Some big matchups out there as they are every every week in college football. Clemson and Miami. University of Miami having another opportunity to win a big football game as the Clemson Tigers come to town flying high. Can uh, Miami catch Clemson looking ahead to bigger and better things and pull off an upset here? That is the question. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see how that goes. Definitely uh, something of big interest here. And the Miami Dolphins 
for all you local fans down here. Are they for real? Is Dan Campbell for real? Is Dan Campbell for real? Are the Miami Dolphins going to continue to respond? Can they build off of that win against Tennessee, the blowout win over Tennessee? Those are the questions. We'll have that and more for you next week. But for now, I'd like to thank you all for listening to the show. I want to thank my guest, Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com and Bud Elliott from Tomahawk Nation. For all of you fans out there listening, I would like to thank you. If you love the Gridiron Stud Show, tell a friend the more the merrier. Enjoy the rest of your day. Come back tomorrow for the Football Friday Show at 10 a.m. See you then. recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.